So, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102, Local 102 Radio here in Newcastle West. My name is John Kelly. Thank you again for joining me this morning, and it's the 25th of February. It's the second Sunday in Lent. And joining me to help me to produce this programme this morning, first of all, my trusted friend somewhere out there in Skyplant, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we doing today? Very good, thank you. And of course, to help us, myself and yourself, produce the programme this morning, we have our good friend from the Pastoral Centre in Limerick City, Noreen Lynch. Good morning to you, Noreen. How are you? Lovely to be here this morning. Good morning, John. Lovely to have you. Good morning, James. Thanks a lot, Noreen, for coming on again to, of course, share with us what's happening around the diocese these days. And from what we see from your from your newsletter these days it's, um, that's uh, been passed on to us we, and you might maybe let people know about that newsletter. Actually, oh, yeah. Noreen, maybe, maybe, um, maybe now one might be an appropriate time. You do have a newsletter right. coming out every Wednesday. How does that work and who can get it and all the rest I of it? I do. No more than Sacred Space has a wonderful blog that has lots of things happening in it. Uh, we have a newsletter. We decided a long time ago that sometimes in parishes there's people who are actually doing a lot of the work mightn't necessarily get a letter reminding so that we thought the more we can put out and share with as many people as possible what's happening the more chances people can find to find their way in to whatever they're searching for so we set up an e-newsletter which means it's an email so every wednesday morning at nine o'clock an email lands in, in people's boxes about 1100 people at this stage get the email and there's three sections to the email it has upcoming events so things that are happening are coming up it has uh resources so a couple of resources that might be useful in the parish usually liturgy maybe some pastoral maybe a book that's out Mm -hmm. and then a good news story and we also of course we have a scripture reflection on the gospel for the following sunday but it just is nice and straightforward and all you have to do is sometimes people will ring us here in the center and say look i don't use email a lot but will you put me on it and my son or my daughter will open it for me and give it to me but often what people will do is they'll just go to the limerick diocese website and on the website, just on the, right side, on the re- website, just on the right-hand side, there's a white column. And the last thing in the white column is diocesan newsletter sign-up. And if you click that button, the last thing on the right-hand side in the white column, click that. All you have to do is put your email address in there and you're set. You get the email. And the beauty of this email as well is that there's a grand big unsubscribe button on it. So if you get it for a few weeks and you decide this isn't for me, you no. can always walk away. There's no bother. I know we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. And, you know, people people wonder how we get all our news and so on and so forth. Well, now you know. Get Noreen's newsletter every week and you'll be able to share the same as ourselves. But in the meantime, the most important people we want to mention in our programme and to welcome onto our programme this morning are those people who are sick and housebound. Those people who have been listening to us for the last nine nine years now at this stage, uh, who enjoy the programme, who say they enjoy the music, they also enjoy the inspirational guests that we had on, have on from time to time. I have to use that word because, of course, we've got Noreen on this morning. And also um, the Sunday Gospel. They like listening to the Sunday Gospel each week and the reflections that maybe Shane, Shane shares, and we all share our own sort of thoughts in it. Thanks again for joining us. It, it's, it's lovely to have you join us on the programme. And of course, before we start this program each, each morning, we do, we, we do light a candle, uh, and that's to remind us, uh, it's a common seas candle actually, and that's to remind us that the Holy Spirit, and we've actually asked the Holy Spirit to stay with us while we continue on producing this, uh, this program. Of course, this program, as people might know at this stage, is produced from our common sea studio here in Erda. And ju- as, I remembered, uh, as I reminded people last week, just for the purposes of our iTunes and the other podcasts that we have going, um, part two and part three of the programme 
I'm going to introduce its Come and See Inspirations. It still produced at Sacred Space 102 FM, if that makes any sense at all, on local radio, but it helps us to define maybe a little bit more accurately on um, iTunes and so on and so forth um, what, we're, what we're about to introduce. But in the meantime, if you want to contact the station at all during the week, it's 069 this is the telephone number. Uh, you can write a letter or a note or a card uh, into... Um, one, West Limit 102 Local Radio, it's care of Sacred Space, and that's in Station Road, Newcastle West, County Limerick. Or you can email us, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And again, if people have any ideas in regard to what sort of uh, material they'd like us to, to produce on the programme, maybe they've got some people, some inspirational people again, that they'd like uh, us to um, interview them, have a chat with them, hear some beautiful face stories from... Uh, face stories is something that I'm sure Shane's come across and Lorraine uh, and uh, Noreen's come across and I've I've certainly come across and they're very inspirational for all of us to hear how somebody else is journeying with the Lord throughout their lives. So again, thanks a lot for all those people who are keeping us in prayer. And as usual, we'll continue on the programme this morning with Shane, who's going to introduce us to any <coughs> celestial saints for the week or any important days this particular week, Shane, you'd like us to think about? No, uh, thanks, John. Um, nothing too serious on this week's calendar. Of course, we are maintaining the observance of the Lenten season, which liturgically takes precedence over almost everything else. It's an interesting one, of course, this week, because, of course, it's the last week of February. And the calendar gets a bit confusing, uh, because, of course, some years you can have 28 days in February, and some days you can have 29 days in February. So uh, there was a bit of toing and froing when I was going through the calendars this week. But anyway, so... What, I've, what I have lined up in terms of saints for this week, um, on the 26th, which is Monday, uh, we have St. Faustian of Bologna, and all we know about him is he was a 4th century bishop of Bologna during the persecutions of Diocletian, and that's pretty much all we know, and he's, the patron saint, he's one of the patron saints of Bologna there. Then on the 27th of February, we have a feast date. Now, this one is St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. And St. Gabriel was, uh, do you know, I don't know what country he was from. Um, it doesn't actually say, oh, he was Italian, I beg your pardon. He was born in Assisi in 1838. Mm-hmm. He was one of 13 children, uh, a, a man about town, enjoying the theatre, chasing women and the hunt, is how it's described. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> and, and somehow he was led to join the Passionist Order by Our Lady, and he joined in 1857. He's not, his life was not exactly marked by any great events or controversy, but was given over to prayer, sacrifice, and a devotion to Our Lady and the contemplation of her sorrows over the suffering of her son. And so he died in 1862 of TB. Then on the 28th, <coughs> excuse me, I beg your pardon, on the 28th of February, now this is one I picked out, it is a f- celebration or feast day for a guy called Blessed Daniel Brothier, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's French. Uh, he was ordained in 1899, and he entered the Congregation of the Holy Ghost, um, which I presume is the, the Holy Ghost Father of the Spiritans, in 1902. Now, what's interesting about this guy is that he was sent as a missionary to Senegal in 1903, but his health suffered, and he was sent back to France in 1911. And he was asked to fundraise to build a cathedral in Dakar in, Donig- in Senegal, and he promoted the structure as a way to honour Africans who had died for France and French people who had died for Africa. 
And the cathedral was consecrated in 1936, just a few weeks before his death. But what's interesting about him, he was honored in his life, and as his his case for for sainthood is there, because he's a man who put the family of God above considerations of nationality or race. So that was one of the reasons why he caught my eye um, this, this, um, for this week's calendar. And he was beatified by John Paul II in 1984, so his cause is pending for canonization. Then on the 1st of, this, of March, rather, which is Thursday, we have to give a shout-out to our Celtic cousins across the Irish Sea, because, of course, it is the feast day of St. David of Wales. Uh, who is, of course, the patron saint of Wales. Uh, he was born. To, he was of Welsh royalty, uh, connected with, I can't even pronounce some of these names, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, he, when, he was, um, when he was ordained priest, he worked with our own St. Columbanus, uh, St. Finnegan, and, mission, and he was a missionary and founder of monasteries. Uh, he contributed to a number of synods in Wales itself. He was the first primate of the Cambrian Church, and so on and so forth, and... He is venerated as one of the great preachers and saints of Wales down to this date. That's St. David. Then on the 2nd of uh, March, we have the feast day of St. Chad of Mercia. Now, I'm not sure, John, but I think this guy has a connection with Yorkshire. Okay? Okay. And he, he was, uh, what was he? He was a missionary monk to Ireland with St. Egbert. He was ordained in 653. He became, he was made a bishop, and then there was a controversy about whether or not he should have been made a bishop, and he turned around and he said he had been, uh, he took it through obedience, and he would surrender it through obedience, and because he was he was so humble, he was actually uh, appointed bishop of uh, Mercians in Lichfield in 669. So it's an interesting, he's an interesting English saint, again, founded monasteries and so on and so forth, A legend says that on one occasion, two of the king's sons were hunting and were led by their quarry to his oratory or his church where they found him praying. And they were so impressed by the sight of this frail old man on his knees, his face glowing with rapture, that they knelt, asked his blessing and were converted. And he is supposed to have died in 672 uh, 672 AD. Finally, then, next Saturday. Oh, sorry, before I go any further, of course, uh, 2nd of March, that's the first Friday. Those are observing the first Friday devotion. So next Saturday is the 3rd of March. It's the first Saturday for those that are observing the first Saturday devotion. And it is the feast day of St. Anselm of Nonitalia, which is another Italian saint. And he was a Benedictine monk in Rome in Italy in 753. So that's, that's who we have in terms of, the, of our celestial guides for this week, John. Now, for those that are following uh, the, the, the progression of people that are becoming are being accepted or baptized into the church at Easter. Um, this week we have what are the first of what are called the scrutinies. So over the over the Lenten season, people that are going to be baptized or accepted into full communion with the church at the Easter vigil go through a series of preparations um, during the Lenten season. And this week we have the last weekend we would have had the election. So they would have basically signed up their names and begun the process of present of preparation. So this Sunday we have the first of what are called the scrutinies. So these are kind of examinations of things that they have learned about the faith. Uh, so for those that are on the process, uh, it would be known as the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, the RCIA program, just to keep those that are in your keep them in your prayers. Uh, the numbers in Ireland are growing. It's it's something that we're becoming more and more familiar with in Ireland. It's a huge thing in the UK and in the US. The numbers that were enrolled for election last week in the UK. Uh, I think they're up to the tens of hundreds. 
Um, so it's a very big thing, particularly for the UK as well. So we just remember those catechumens that are in preparation as we journey through the Linton season. Right, John, back to you for any notices. Thank you very much, Nisha, and a very, very um, comprehensive, of course, uh, Science for the Week from a variety of um, countries with a variety of backgrounds and so on and so forth. But then that's what makes up the communion and the body of Christ. Okay, um, just one notice I just want to bring to people's attention. One you might remember a few weeks ago, we had in the program to give us um, a reflection just before Lent, Father Luke McNamara from the um, Glenstall community. Well, um, Father Luke is actually giving a reflection this week, this Sunday the 25th of um, February, in Glenstall at 4.30 in the, in the Abbey Library. And Father Luke's uh, reflection this week is a costly sacrifice, the binding of Isaac. Um, so it's 4.30 in the Glenstall li- Abbey Library, and we followed by refreshments, and all are welcome to join the monastic community for Vespers at 6pm. And of course, this continues on. These reflections continue on to the, every Sunday until the 25th of um, March. So next week, the following week, for instance, the Francis Cousins, there's Jesse Rogers coming up, Father Columba McCann, and Father Martin Brown uh, will all be reflecting there each week in the Glenstall Library, 4.30pm Sundays. Okay, just before we go for our first bit of music, there's this spiritual communion prayer that we always pray for those people who can't get to Mass this morning, can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning, but would love to, in some way, take part in that communion. And this is a spiritual communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. And um, thanks to Noreen for loaning me one of her CDs there recently. Well, loaned it. Uh, she gave me the CD and I forgot to give it back. Sorry, Noreen, but it's on the way somewhere. This one is... Right place, it's where it's meant to be. <laughs> I tell you, it's beautiful. Uh, this one is actually it's entitled "Get on Board." Uh, it's sung by Tom Kendiza and Valimar Jensen. And the one that I picked this morning to start up the program is um, "In My Heart." So let's hear this. See what it says to us.
So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. Um, at this part of the programme, um, we are going to have a chat with our invited guest for this particular week. And Shane, um, you invited Noreen, to, Noreen Lynch from the Pastoral Centre of the Olympic to join us this week to keep us up to date with, or bring us up to date with what's happening around the dais. Is that right? Exactly. Noreen, welcome back to the programme. As regular listeners will know, we have you on from time to time to give us a bit of an update as to what's happening on and around the place, um, as sometimes people mightn't, uh, mightn't know, but also just kind of in terms of good news of things that is happening throughout the diocese. So what are the things that you would like to bring to our attention on this week's programme? Well, Shane and John, it's lovely to be here this morning, and thanks a million. And it really is lovely to feel that there's a natural point of, of connection with with the radio program and, and with so many of your listeners. So it's just really nice to be back again. Okay, I have three things really that I think might be of interest to people that they'd like to hear about. One is um, the Amoris programs, the Joy of Love programs that are happening in parishes uh, and in spaces around the diocese. I want to tell you a little bit about that. The second is a special day around for, for people who are involved in liturgy, anybody who serves at Mass or who's involved in any of the different ways that we gather for prayer. And the third thing is the 24 Hours for the Lord initiative. So, will I jump straight in? You um, might as well. Let me tell you first, I, I've been on and been speaking before about this, the whole preparation for World Meeting of Families. And all through the, the, the autumn and into the spring, what we were offered was lovely resources that you could use every month in your parish, like people might have seen the Valentine's tokens or different things like that. Uh, you know, you might have, have seen when a baby was baptised, a special card is available that says this month, you know, this year, your child is baptised as we prepare for a world meeting of families. Well, at the heart of that is that the Pope asked us to read the letter he wrote to families which is called Amoris Laetitiae, or The Joy of Love. Um, and he wrote this letter to all families, and he said, if you're coming to World Meeting the Families, we'd love you to, to read this and to reflect on it. But I suppose the reality of busy life is that people find it hard to sit down and read a letter from the Pope. <laughs> so <laughs> we, was, we mm. developed a, a six-night, when I say we, I mean the, the Irish people, I don't mean I had anything to do with it. But, um, actually, Martin Kennedy, who's a, a Limerick man, was very involved. We developed a six-night programme. And the idea is that across Lent and into Easter, that there'd be a chance for people to gather, maybe once a week, maybe once a fortnight, to watch a video on one aspect of what Pope Francis was talking about and to have a conversation. Now, by a conversation, I don't mean a debate. And it's quite important, actually. It's not a debate. It's really a chance for people to say, Pope Francis has something to say to my family. I'm going to go and listen to the videos. I'm going to have a bit of a, just a chat and listen to one another. And I'm going to go home with something to chew. So it's not about kind of coming to us all agreeing on something. It's just about all of us going home with something to chew each week so that we're, as a family, thinking, learning, going a little bit deeper, you know. And I'm delighted. When we, when we started offering this, I was wondering, would there be energy, would there be interest? But there's over 17, nearly 20 uh, groups now that are going to run this programme, starting in February, probably most is starting in March. Um, and I'll just give you some of the names from back west in Ardo Parish. It's already begun. Ballingarry, it's going to be happening soon, in Ballyagran, in Brough, that's more South Limerick, in Drumcolliher, um, in the city there's a number of parishes, uh, there's uh, seven or eight, um, Kilidi is going to host it, uh, Kilmalik and Kilfinnan in the south, Mahuna, um, Sister Eileen is, is, is meeting with a good working at the moment, preparing for that, um, then Patrick's Well, Valley Brown, that's nearer into town, 
uh, as I say, a lot of the city parishes as well are clustering in groups of three and four parishes and offering it together. And what a lot are doing are saying, let's have three gatherings in March before the, before Easter, because Easter's so early this year, and then after Easter, three more. And I think that's, for a lot of people, they're saying, yeah, that's something I could commit to, and that's quite interesting. So I'm very excited about that, because I'm, I'm just delighted to see people say, you know what, let's try this, you know, and it's a very structured programme. There's three little videos, a short one at the beginning on what's the reality of, of family life, the reality, what, what's going on for Irish people. It's usually about five minutes. And actually, there's four Limerick people in the videos. There's maybe 10 or 15 people interviewed saying what, what they think about this theme. But there's four Limerick people. So you have to look out and see who you recognise. And then there's a chance to chat maybe 10 minutes and then there's a short video again that is on the theme that we're talking about what has Pope Francis got to say about family life on this theme and rather than Pope Francis speaking to us because he wouldn't be speaking in English so that would be difficult what we have is some Irish people just saying this is what Pope Francis is saying just chatting so Julie Kavanagh and Pat Corkery there at the start and there's a number of different people interviewed but you just get a sense of what is Pope Francis saying on this theme and then again, a chance to chat. And people often say, gosh, I didn't realise that what I'm thinking and what the Pope's thinking are so similar. Or I never looked at that perspective. And then there's a simple closing prayer, which is again given. So it's a very structured and simple, positive um, thing. So I'm, I'm really excited. And if anybody wants to know when and where for any of these venues, you can check locally or you can give us a call here in the Pastoral Centre. We have the different dates and times and we'll be happy to help you. That's 061. 061- 400 133 or 61 400 133. So that's the Morris. Will I keep going, Shane? I'm talking to Could I just jump in there, Noreen, just for a second? Um, Delighted, Jack. Just, uh, just let people know that the one in Arda is continuing um, each Sunday night at 7 pm in the local hall. So there's 7 pm local hall and it goes on for about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, I was there last week, actually, to be honest with you. I found the videos great. And it, it, it certainly, as Noreen said, gives you something to chew about, you know, to go away and think about and so on and so forth. But there was one lovely quotation that I that I picked up um, last week. <clears throat> and actually, it's um, the Pope says, he tells us, a perfect family does not come down from the sky. And we all know that. And that's reality. It was nice to hear that coming from the Pope. Isn't that lovely? Lovely. OK, Just Noreen. The, the ordinariness of his language even is beautiful. Well, exactly. You know? OK. Yeah, love it. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Thanks a million, John. It's lovely to hear that. that one. Now, 24 Hours for the Lord is a special initiative I want to mention as well. It's on March the 9th and the 10th. And it's uh, Pope Francis asked for this to be started. He said, every Lent I want there to be in every diocese, particular churches that say we're going to be open for 24 hours and there's going to be a chance for people to come in. Uh, there'll be Eucharistic Adoration and the Sacrament of Reconciliation will be available for 24 hours. And again, this year in his Lenten letter, he said, you know, inspired by the words of Psalm 130, which is, with you is forgiveness. That's the theme, with you is forgiveness. He's, Pope Francis said this event will take place Friday, March the 9th, up to Saturday, March the 10th. And he's asking people to come forward. So the Augustinian Church in Limerick City has kindly offered again, which is fabulous. And we'll begin on Friday afternoon, the 9th of March, with a four o'clock mass. And then there'll be adoration, prayer, reflection and plenty of silence. People have said to us, we don't need always to have lots of music, lots of things happening. For adoration, sometimes silence is very beautiful. So plenty of silence, plenty of opportunity to pray right across the night. 
and all the time with the opportunity we were asking our clergy just to help us they're very good and very generous with their time to give time right across the night so that a priest would be available for those who wish to receive the sacrament of reconciliation as part of their their Lenten observances as part of their preparation for Easter and then it'll conclude on Saturday afternoon at 10 o'clock sorry Saturday afternoon the 10th of March there'll be a mass for the sick at 3 o'clock so the We'll be praying right up almost until four o'clock then. So the Mass for the Sick um, will be at three o'clock and everybody's welcome to that. Um, we're saying to, we've just sent out a note to, to clergy to let them know, give them posters, ask them if they'd be able to help. But we're also saying to local faith communities, local movements who might say, well, we would be comfortable with coming in and maybe leading a small bit of prayer or reading a reflection. If anybody wants to be involved, they're more than welcome, but they need to contact us so that we can organise. Um, and again, just they can contact us on that. They can contact me, Noreen, on that number, 061-400-133. Um, and just, as I say, plenty of silence, plenty of gentle time for prayer, but also the opportunity occasionally just to hear some words, some maybe a piece of music or something that helps people in their reflections. So that'll be gorgeous. I'm really looking forward to that too. And then the last thing, are you still awake? Are you still with me? (laughs) (laughs) You're great. The last thing is to tell you about a special day we're having around liturgy. And I suppose my area, I always have worked with parish councils and parish ministry groups. But in the last two years, Bishop Brendan has asked me to work in the area of liturgy. And probably the biggest learning for me has been just, I, I mean, you know, the centrality of liturgy, of how we pray all our prayers, our mass, you know, that's central. But you suddenly realise how absolutely important it is that every single person who's involved in leading liturgy, if they're a minister of the Eucharist, a minister of the Word, if they're in the choir, if they prepare the space, if they're leading maybe the prayer in a funeral home, if they're bringing communion to someone, every single person is in such a special place and it's such a moment of grace that we need the chance to gather occasionally and to think about what we're doing and to pray about what we're doing. So we try every year to have a liturgy day on different themes. And I suppose the the thing that struck me this year, because we're looking at, we've been preparing for morning services if we don't have mass on a a weekday morning. And now we're looking at funeral prayers. If, say, for example, not in the church now, but but at the undertakers or maybe in, in somebody's home, if a priest isn't available, how will we lead those prayers? And it struck me that we could become quite diverse. We could all be going off doing our own thing. But actually, liturgy, the way we pray in public as a parish is, is has a heart and a core of it. So we're going to have a day called Lord, Teach Us to Pray, Creating Relevant and Inspiring Parish Liturgy for All. And someone said to me, oh, you'd have to have a degree in theology to go to that. And I said, no, no, I said the opposite is true. What we want is to have as many people as possible who are involved on the ground in Sunday Mass or in bringing communion to the sick or in leading prayers at different times to come together so that we can together talk a little bit about this. Like, who is all this prayer for? You know, if if our prayer is simply for those who can come to morning mass, then that's a small group. But what if when we gather every morning to pray, we're actually praying for the whole parish on behalf of the whole parish? Now suddenly our prayer becomes really important because it's not just about me and a few people. It's actually about everyone. And on behalf of everyone, we've made this commitment to pray. So what about when we go to a funeral and we go to a funeral home or we go to uh, somebody's home and lead some prayer? Is this a personal thing that I can do because I know what to do? Or am I acting on behalf of the whole parish so that the family know the parish care and can be with them right through from the moment of bereavement right through to the graveside, that we will be with them and support them. It's one parish liturgy. So what we're going to do is have a morning in Rathkeel House Hotel 
on the 10th of March. Everything's happening at the same time. We're going to start at half nine with a cup of tea so that at a quarter to ten we have morning prayer. Then I've invited Dr. Anne Francis, who's both a friend and a wonderful, warm mother and theologian, uh, who does a lot of training with liturgy groups and with those who prepare prayers and, and, and liturgy. And she's going to talk about what and who is parish liturgy for? You know, all the different ways we pray. What's at the heart of it? And I think that's going to be really nourishing. It's going to give everybody something to go home and, and feel confident and, and good about. And then we're going to have three workshops. And you can pick your workshop. You can go along to Planning Holy Week Liturgies, which is going to be a really practical workshop across Holy Week, resources for each day. And just kind of how do we focus on what we're doing? How do we get, you know, bring a theme through the whole week so that they're not separate events, but that we're really joining the dots. Then the second workshop is going to be for anybody who's been involved in leading public prayer, any lay person, lay-led liturgy of any kind that you've been leading prayer. I've asked Maureen Kelly, who works in the Killaloo Diocese around liturgy, and she works with liturgy groups. She goes into parishes where they're not going to have an opportunity for weekday mass and sometimes even Sunday mass. Um, and she works with people on the ground, helping them to prepare. And I've asked her to do a kind of a reflective review because I thought it'd be really good for people to be able to really talk about their experiences, even if they haven't been able to, to do too much or if they've done a lot. And, and just to have a space with somebody outside of the diocese who can, you can really chat and talk and say, look, these are the things that are coming up for us. These are the questions we have. This is what we need support with. And then the third workshop is actually, uh, I'm going to the Diocese of Cork and Ross, and we've invited their two members of their funeral team to come up, because this funeral question is live. We're conscious that our priests are the central people who lead liturgy, but there's also a need for lay people who can lead, perhaps, in the undertakers, the funeral homes, in uh, homes when there's awake at night, lead prayer. But it's not simply about reading a prayer. It's not simply about leading it. There's a big pastoral piece to it. There's a big piece about care. And what they have in Cork and Ross seems really good. The way they, they go to the home on the first day and bring the booklet, help the family to prepare, the, the, pick the, the readings for the Mass, the different things. Then they are there if they're needed for prayer with the priest or if a priest can't be there, they're there. But generally with the priest, they're working. And then one of them will try and be there on the day of the funeral. Again, just to support the family in a practical way if they have any questions. Now, I think it's a really nice, warm way of working. So we've asked two of them to come up and to tell us what they do. So that if any parish is saying, we're not sure we may need this or we've started and we're not sure, people could come along and hear an experience and say, would that be helpful? And based on what people are saying, then we'll develop some more training that might happen after Easter or in early autumn. And so the balance of Anne Francis offering us something nourishing and the workshops offering us something quite practical, I'm hoping, uh, we'll, we'll be finished by one o'clock, by one thirty. sorry, we'll finish by one thirty, and people will be off home with maybe, I suppose, a sense of, that they can create relevant and inspiring parish liturgy for us. That's on Saturday the 10th of March as well, um, half nine to half one. And everyone's welcome. Ring 061-400-133 to book. Now, I'll stop talking after all of that information. I hope you're all still OK. Noreen, Noreen, well done. Can I just, just yeah. mention something that, again, that was on your newsletter? And yeah. um, it's happening, actually, next Sunday, this Sunday, the 4th of March. Live stations of the class for families. People just yeah. might be interested in that. It's on, yeah. at one, it's on at 1 p.m., I think, in St. Saviour's. Isn't uh, that right? It, it's on at 1 Exactly. What it is is the 1 p.m. family mass. And then what they're inviting people to do is to come for the family mass and then bring a dish to share for a potluck lunch. 
and there'll be live stations across games, crafts for the family. So basically masses at one, uh, the Sunday mass, and then there'll be live stations at the cross afterwards, families afterwards, and a chance to share some food together. So very much just a positive family afternoon. And that the, the St. Saviour's Church is the Dominican Church right up there near the station, near the train station. So mm-hmm. um, you'll know that the clock there that's, yeah, that's yeah. just down from the station. And that's that church there. That's where the Dominican sisters are now. And it's a lovely parish. People will be very welcome. Lovely. And Noreen, this is the last time. Now, I think you will regret me ever reading this newsletter. But anyway, oh, there's, no, it's great. there's it's one great. on there now that maybe, lady, maybe some ladies in the, uh, who are listening to us might be interested in. There's a Women's World Day of Prayer, March yeah, the 2nd. That's that. next, next Friday, isn't it? It is. And next Friday. Tell us Women's about that. Women's World Day of Prayer is prepared by women, but it's for everyone. So okay. it's open to, it's not, it's not simply a women's event, but it's a, a commitment by women, Christian women all over the world, that there would be one day when they would consciously be aware of one another, consciously be aware of the world we live in and consciously pray together. So every single year around the world for, oh, I can't remember how many years now, for, but for 60 or 70 years, 60 years, I think, there's been a Women's World Day of Prayer hosted by a different country. So a country takes it on Ireland. I think it was in the 90s we, 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 we actually did this. You take on this... Um, prepare all the resources and include in the resources information about your country. Um, and so this year, the country is a place called Suriname, which is in Central America, South America, which I actually had never heard of. I had to go and search for it. Um, I was fascinated. Small place, incredibly beauty, beautiful and incredibly poor. Um, and the theme they have chosen is all, all God's creation is very good. And so uh, the resources they've created are free and, and available. Um, there's going to be a service in St. Michael's Church of Ireland Church up at Perry Square um, in Limerick City on Friday, um, 2nd of March at half seven, and everyone's welcome. It's always a lovely ecumenical service. Um, Vicky Lynch, the Methodists, and you know, the, the Church of Ireland, there's a great mix of people there, lovely music, and everybody's very welcome. But it's very Bible-centred. It's very much about celebrating all our different nations, all our different cultures. And the whole context always is, is that sense of gratitude to God, that sense of being called out of ourselves, out of our own small worlds, into recognising God who's good across the whole universe. That'll be lovely. I just might mention, actually, when I have the chance, that the Limerick Choral Festival is actually on next weekend as well. It's starting Friday, the 2nd of March, at the opening concert. The Limerick Chamber Orchestra and our do vocal ensemble will be in St Mary's Cathedral. They, they have a whole website with lots of information. So if you look up the Limerick Choral Festival, there's a, a Treasures of Polyphony um, a, a concert in the Sacred Heart Church on Sunday, which is that just it would be incredibly beautiful music from a high school choir that's over from the states and Limerick Youth Choir. So they've a lot of things. They've competitions, <clears throat> excuse me, and so that Limerick Choral Festival will be really beautiful and worth worth seeing as well. So there's lots happening. Plenty to be to be keeping an eye out for. I tell you, certainly is. <laughs> Listen, as you mentioned there about um, about so we just mentioned there about stations of the cross. Um, just to just, just to let people know. Next Sunday, next uh, next week's program, next Sunday's program, we'll actually include ourselves doing our annual praying our annual uh, stations of the cross here on the on the sacred space. Um, this year, we're we're focusing in on the Trocra work in Cedar alone. We'll, we'll have a speaker to, to to chat with us for a few minutes to in, introduce. Um, what wonderful work they're doing there in Sierra Leone. But then, in in part two and part three of the program, myself, Shane, and Lorraine. Uh, are going to pray the stations of the cross that are actually up on the uh, Troker website. A beautiful 
Stations of the Cross. So we invite you again, and anybody again who would like to to join us, you might just pass on the word. Next week on Sacred Space, come and see Inspirations, we'll be presenting um, Troca's Stations of the Cross. Shane, did I forget anything, or did we forget to to nail <laughs> to nail poor old Noreen and anything at all? Think, I don't think. I think we might give her a break at this particular stage. Exactly, Noreen. There's a piece of music that I asked you um, whether you'd like to play yes. going out in this. Can you introduce her for us, please? It's it's a very simple piece. Uh, it was just when I thought of um, you had Tom Kenzie there, and I thought he's a nice version of this little light of mine. And I suppose one of the things I'm always conscious of is we can all be in our different parishes, in our different communities, in our different groups, like the, like the radio here, um, feeling that there's only a few of us. And yet in some way, all over the place, these little lights are shining. Um, and I, I often think that, that from God's perspective, that there's like these tiny little lights all over the place. And he's just thinking there's so much happening and we're going, oh, there's only a few of us and it's very difficult. But actually, as we let shine the light that we have, as we do what we can do where we are, um, it's, it's, it's enough for God and it's good and therefore it's worth singing and being, being glad about and celebrating and saying thanks be to God we can do what we can do it is enough so so Noreen thanks for that so now guys out there don't forget shine your little lights that's what Noreen's inviting us to do and listen sing along to this, sing to along this, <laughs> listen to this piece of music and it'll help us to do that okay
So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose and, and Noreen Lynch. And thanks again, Noreen, for, for giving us a very comprehensive list of what's happening around the Diocese of Limerick these days. And now we come to the part of the programme where we read, read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Shane's going to share this prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant to it. Penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father, with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, which of course is the second Sunday of Lent, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 2 to 10. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone by themselves. There in their presence he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, it's wonderful for us to be here. So let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And a cloud came, covering them in shadow. And there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they came down the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they'd seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. That's the Gospel for today, the second Sunday in Lent. Noreen, have you got a few thoughts that you'd like to share with us, please, this morning? Mm. I suppose sometimes the most well-known Gospels are the ones that, that, you know, you could spend years taking apart. We go, oh, we know that story, and Mm. yet I have a sense of... of (coughs) three men who thought they had seen everything and who were on a mission and they were heading off and they knew all the answers and suddenly Jesus takes them apart and and, and needs some time with them and suddenly it's like the frame of what they thought God was calling them to is just lifted up and widened beyond their wildest dreams they had a picture of we'll go to Jerusalem and sort everyone out and suddenly they're in the presence of Moses and Elijah and they're suddenly realising that this is so much bigger and I, I suppose often in our lives we're focused and I think myself often my prayers are, Lord, this is the plan I have. Why aren't you making it happen? I'm on the road. You know, I have, I know where I'm going. And every so often we get these gorgeous moments. Maybe we get a moment apart or maybe it's something somebody says to us that we suddenly realise either the people around us, how blessed we are, or we realise that God is with us at a time when we thought we were alone or that there's such a bigger plan that's that's beyond what we could have even imagined, let alone hoped for, for ourselves or for others. 
And the temptation, of course, is to stay in that special place. It's like when we go to Medjugorje or Jerusalem or anywhere where you knock, you know, and they have this moment and say, if only I could stay here, I would be such a good Christian. I would be such a great person. My life would work. And yet the reason that Jesus brought these men to this place and opened up their hearts and their eyes was because he knew they were coming on the road to Jerusalem with him. And he didn't want to change the circumstances, but he wanted to change their hearts. And I think often for us, our circumstances can be difficult and we can be wondering, where's God in this? But what God wants to do is open up our hearts uh, because God is with us in these circumstances, in these moments that seem difficult. And so he's lifting up the frame maybe in Lent. And when we get the, the moments of Lent or the moments of Easter or the moments of pilgrimage and we suddenly see something bigger, we say, Lord, thanks for giving me this because this shows me that my plan is such a small plan and you have such a great plan. And... Lord, just give me the, the courage to, to enjoy the time on the mountain with you, but also to come down and, and go to Jerusalem with you because you have, you have good work and we're going to do it together. So I suppose I, that's just the, the image I have today um, is that God is with us in all of it, um, not just on the mountaintop, but when we come down to and we march onwards. So I just bring to mind, I suppose, and, and ask God's blessing anyone who's having difficult times now who maybe doesn't feel like God is with them. Um, we just ask that they'd just, Lord, you'd open their hearts and minds that maybe in a word from somebody else or in a moment of beauty or of quiet, that they might just know your presence and your love and know that they matter. And we ask that all those who've had beautiful experiences, whose hearts have been filled, will have the courage not only to enjoy the beauty of that, but also to come down the mountain and to go where God is calling them and to be with others so that together we might all get to Jerusalem this Easter. Amen. Noreen, thank you for that. Shane, would you like to offer a few thoughts yourself? <laughs> How am I going to follow that? I tell you, um, good. Nope. Yeah, thanks, God. Um, yeah, I, like Noreen said, you know, the, the gospel is one of great familiarity. And when I was reading it this week, um, two things that struck me about it. One was to echo that idea of uh, Noreen's that, you know, it's about appreciating those special divine moments, those divine encounters, those moments where we can almost feel God beside us in our lives and uh, wherever they may be. But also, as Noreen said, that the transfiguration was to help focus the, 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 the three boys, uh, Peter, James and John, uh, for, the, for the mountain of Calvary. You know, they went up the mountain of transfiguration and then they were to face Calvary, and that was that was the idea behind it. And one of the things that struck me, and I, I just I have to share, I have to share it because I I just thought it was so appropriate in some respects, was Peter's reaction. You know, <laughs> and sometimes sometimes we can kind of you know Peter's very much the man of action. But I was I was looking at this again this morning, and it, it's this expression. He says, "Lord, we want to make three tents: one for you, one for Moses, and one one for Elijah." And all that was co- going through my head this morning was. Do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> it was it was it was a case of he didn't know what to say because he was trying to understand what was going on and it was kind of his default position in almost well will we build a tent? Will we do something? And he said to my I said to myself, it's very it's very an Irish response, do you want a cup of tea? But it was also kind of it's also there as a reminder to us, you know, that um life and the experiences we have can, can sometimes be beyond our comprehension. But knowing that ultimately 
there is a plan for us and that no matter what happens us, um, there, that God is looking out for us. Uh, and I think for me, that was one of the things that struck me uh, at this, when I was reflecting on it this week. The other thought that struck me on it was very much um, the expression, this is my son, the beloved. And again, we have this, this wording echoing out to Mark's gospel, um, where we had it you know, two weeks ago as well, or three weeks ago, or well, more than three weeks ago, but four or five weeks ago at this stage, in terms of the baptism of the Lord. And once again, we have that expression, this is my son, the beloved. Um, and listen to him. And it's, it's, it's that expression there, it's listen to him, that, that kind of, um, uh, that caught my, caught my eye when I was reflecting on it. And, and that's what it is about, East, about Lent and the preparation for Easter and the preparation to Jerusalem and beyond the empty tomb and the celebration that we're going to have, you know, is that we should listen to the call. We have those moments and try and make those moments um, where we can hear what he has to say to us, and Lent is that opportunity for us in the in the in, you know to be able to do that. And it's easier said than done. You know, it's 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 easier said than done. It, it's that word listen, and it, it goes back again to the the expression we had last week on the program and last week's reflection. You know, open wide our hearts to God, um, and listen to what He has to say. You know that that very much that that was the what the, the what 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 I what, what was struck me about the sun this, this Sunday's gospel, and and that whole as Noreen says that call to have courage, to appreciate those divine moments, but the important thing about Mount Tabor, the important thing about the story of the transfiguration for us, is that you must come down off the mountain, and to share and to uh, the the journey to Jerusalem. Uh, comforted, consoled, strengthened, encouraged by those divine moments that we encounter in our lives. Mm. Shane, Shane, thank you so much for that. That about brings us to the end of the programme. Um, thank you again, Noreen, for sharing your gifts with us this morning. Both uh, tell us really well. Thank you. And a beautiful reflection on the gospel is something we can... That's, that's one of the great things about um, having a programme like this. We can always listen to the podcast again. And, of course, I forgot to mention at the, at the beginning of the programme that the, the podcast of this programme actually can be heard on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And Shane, uh, with all his work, has been able to achieve the fact of putting us up on iTunes. So I think if you, if you search for Come and See Inspirations, um, Shane, I think they'll be able to get a podcast. Yeah, on, on iTunes, we're under Come and See Inspirations. And then if you Google us, uh, we're at Come and See Inspirations on Buzzsprout is another way of listening to us online as well. <laughs> All this technology that the Lord has allowed us to, to be able to work with, and we thank the Lord and the Holy Spirit for allowing us to do this every week, especially um, for those people who really um, can't get out, um, maybe haven't got a computer, can't access all these resources, but we got people like Shane and Lorraine uh, and Noreen and all the people that come on to the programme from time to time to share their thoughts and their gifts with us. So thanks again, guys, for joining us. We'll, Next Shane, we'll have to do it all again next week where we'll play the Stations mm-hmm. of the Cross with the Trocra, uh Stations. But in the meantime, we'll go out with a final bit of music. And of course, because of the Gospel today, uh, people know at this stage, I love this piece of music by Mark Forrest, and this one is entitled... You are mine. Until, so until next week, from Noreen and Shane and myself, God bless. Enjoy the week now. God bless. Bye. 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 Bye.
a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I will come to you in the silence. I will lift you from all your fears. You will hear my voice. I claim you as my choice. Be still and know I am Afraid, for I am with you. I have called you each by name. Come and follow me, and I will bring you home. I love you, and you are mine. And I will bring you home. 